Are you a college student looking for better guidance on how to figure out your life after college? Maybe you are slowly looking at jobs, or maybe you are finally getting around to editing your resume, or maybe you are just getting anxiety awaiting for the question at the next big family dinner, what are you going to do after college? Yep, I've been there. That's why I created my career ebook guide to help guide you on the path to young adult life in your post-grad career. From custom resume templates, ways to improve your LinkedIn, cover letter examples, top interview questions, and so much more, it's all in my ebook guide, which you can find on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog/shop. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday, and welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast, or welcome if you are new to the show. My name is Emily Elizabeth Duong, and I am your host. So for those of you who are new, quick background on this show, I typically have conversations with guests, or I also do solo episodes as well, where I focus on the discussion of designing a life that fulfills you and that is of course always incorporating different facets of our life whether that is our mental and physical wellness, our career choice and path, our personal relationships, our professional relationships and the list goes on and so with that being said you will notice in most of my conversations I do take bits and pieces of each area of life from the guest and I really try to tie that into the conversation. On today's episode specifically I have a very special guest her name is Safira and I guess I want to give a little background on why I decided to interview Safira and why I wanted her on this podcast. So she is the founder and creator of Nowhere Bakery and I actually discovered her company through Sammy Clark when I was watching her Instagram stories I think probably back in October or something and for those of you who have been listening I'm sure many of you have listened to the episode I had with Sammy because I know that episode was extremely popular amongst many of you and in fact as far as I know some of you actually came across this podcast because of our conversation so anyways um, I've always been a sweet tooth I love dessert I love chocolate I love cookies and so when I saw this healthy alternative uh, through Sammy's stories I was like okay what is this about so I went on Nowhere Bakery and their website and I checked it out and was like okay I am gonna go for a sample box or I think that's what it's called Um, it's just basically where you get a little bit of each and so I tried it out And I remember my first box, I think I did the pickup option because at the time um, that was still an option. And I think at the time too, Safira and her husband lived in LA. So I was able to come and pick it up and whatnot. Um, 
but yeah ever since then i think that was november i was just hooked and absolutely loved it and was like okay this totally has to be like where i'm getting my sweets now and so you know obviously too with me my background in entrepreneurship and creating businesses i was like i really want to pick her brain because reading into her story it kind of reminded me of health aid kombucha and their business story or at least the involvement of how their business began and just kind of how they really got off on the right foot so that was part of it and then on top of that my personal interest in gut health and having a better understanding by speaking with people that specialize in this or at least are far more knowledgeable in this department than I am and I know many of us who are listening are also curious about it because I know some of you guys submitted questions for me to ask as well whether that was something on probiotics or about gut health and just kind of the signs of how and why your gut may be off which I do touch on in this conversation as well where I have noticed certain things about my gut feeling off and there's certain bloating issues where you know it's not just quote bloating it's it's totally something else so definitely interesting nuggets in this conversation you'll hear on Safira's experience with it and how she was vegan before and now she's not and just her own personal experience with it so I think it's going to be awesome for you to take what you will from this interview but let's go into her background and her biography. So Safira who is the founder of Nowhere Bakery is a former model with a sweet tooth and gut issues, she struggled to find desserts that her body could tolerate. A healthier dessert that could satisfy her sweet tooth were, quote, nowhere to be found. So she took it upon herself to learn how to make delicious treats without the unkind ingredients. Again, there were a lot of amazing and unique nuggets in this conversation and I am just so grateful to have been able to chat with Safira, who again is the founder of Nowhere Bakery, a bakery business that I absolutely recommend. You have to try and you can order it wherever you are in the US. They ship it to you through FedEx and it's just such an awesome process. So again, if you are someone that has a sweet tooth, but you are looking for a healthier alternative. And let me tell you, I swear it tastes better than normal brownies and normal cookies and whatever you may think is like, okay, there's no way this can be beat. I swear it can and trust me on that. So with that being said, let's get right into the conversation and I hope you enjoy. Well, Safira, thank you so much for taking the time to be on today. Let's just dive right in and start by sharing your background and journey. I know you're not even from the US, you've come a long way. So definitely go ahead and share with the audience how you got to where you are today. Yes. So obviously, my name is Safira. I was born in New Zealand, if you can't tell from the accent. I moved to um, Australia when I was 19 years old to pursue a career in fashion. Did this on my own. Um, You know, New Zealand and Australia are pretty close, so it wasn't too much of a cultural shock. So I just jumped over, stayed with my sister who lived there and just really worked my way up the uh, career ladder in the fashion industry. 
And by the age of 20, I was a buyer for guests and had a very stressful job, but was loving life and just had no, not really a care in the world, to be honest. Partying a lot, spending all my money on clothes, just all the things you do as a 20-year-old. <laughs> Wasn't looking after my health at all. A lot of drinking alcohol, a lot of McDonald's, a lot of junk food. I didn't really, I didn't take care of myself at all. I didn't know what gut health was. I didn't know what probiotics were. I didn't know any of that. My parents, on the other hand, they are very much into the Eastern medicine philosophy. My dad is a homeopath. My mom went to naturopathic school. She's an astrologer right now. So both of them had a very big influence on me, but not to the point where I was really accepting that. I didn't understand anything that they were trying to like instill into me until I got a little bit older. Um, so most of what they were trying to tell me when I was younger, I kind of rebelled against. And I was like, oh, I don't really care about spirulina. Like I want to have a hamburger. So that kind of stuff came later in life. But essentially I quit my job. It was stressing me out way too much. I wanted to pursue a career in modeling. So I dove right into that, started traveling with that. I lived in Asia, um, in Europe for a little bit and kind of got into the headspace of restricting food in order to kind of keep up with appearances, as you will. And um, that wasn't a very fulfilling or sustainable um, lifestyle choice. I, I slowly started realizing my gut health was deteriorating. My mental health was deteriorating. I had no energy. I just felt like crap all the time. And I met a few really interesting girls in Hong Kong that seemed to have like their shit together. You know, they were eating well and they looked great. And like, they seemed to have a really good mindset on, on the industry and their job. And so I started kind of asking questions about the food they were eating and kind of emulating like their, their lifestyle in a sense. When you live in these small bottle apartments, you become really close with the girls that, that live there. You, you, you form a really close bond over a really short period of time. And so that happened with a few of the girls and it, that was kind of what sparked my interest in healthy eating. And it was like, it's kind of like this light bulb moment because it seemed so simple, right? You eat well, you feel well. But I didn't realize that until I started doing it. And it, the more I felt better from the food choices I made, the more I wanted to do that. And that kind of was just like this snowball effect um, that kind of led me into the, the journey that I am now on. Wow, okay. A first thought for me, you said, and I think this is very similar to many people, including myself, really, when it comes to that realization of how impactful it is on, on what we eat really impacts how we feel and our energy, right? Um, how did you slowly get into it? Because transitioning from, you know, the occasional McDonald's and not having to think about drinking green juice or taking probiotics and all of that, it's it's a huge transition, as I'm sure you know. How did you really start and, and kind of go in? I started with dessert. Because for, for me, my biggest, like, downfall was my sweet tooth mm, me too and, <laughs> right I mean I think a lot of us yeah. 
So it was kind of the era of, you know, banana ice cream was starting to become a thing. And like my mind was just blown by how you could make something taste so good from just bananas. So I really got into this kind of notion of creating these raw vegan uh, desserts. And I got really into the kind of like blogging side of things. So that's when my food blog started. Um, that's kind of, that then led into uh, veganism. So I became vegan for a few years. Um, it was just that honestly, it wasn't something that was like, I'm going to be a vegan. It was just this feeling that, you know, I was living in Asia, I was saying before, and during that time, it was easier to be vegetarian. It was easier not to eat meat just because I didn't really trust the practices that were going on in Asia. I saw a few dodgy uh, situations of how meat was being stored or sold there. So it, it was it was just a gut feeling. I just didn't really feel right eating it. And that kind of just led into just me being uh, plant-based. I see. When you initially transitioned to being vegan, like, because um, I think this is an issue a lot of people bring up too, is not knowing how to get enough protein or just enough of the right foods when you're switching to essentially a non-conventional eating lifestyle. Do you have any tips for kind of being aware or how to ensure that you get enough so you do have enough energy and, you know, have enough iron and all that that some people forget about when they do transition into this type? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not vegan anymore. And the reason for that is because my energy levels were declining and I, I became became anemic. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, happen on about the best practices, but I do feel like these particular diets can work for certain people and they, at certain times of your life, and then they cannot work at different times. So just because someone's being vegan or plant-based doesn't mean you should, but if you are interested in doing that, just do your own research, right? Like all I did was I just jumped on Google. What are the best uh, plant-based protein sources that you can eat? I ate a lot of fermented soy. I had um, a lot of tempeh. That was my main staple. Um, I had a lot of black beans and a lot of like brown rice as well. And then things like, you know, tahini and leafy greens, they contain protein. So if you have a very varied diet of whole foods, you're going to get all of that, um, the stuff that you perhaps are lacking from a conventional diet. So let's dive into gut health a little bit. Initially, when you started, you know, again, seeing how these girls and models that you met in Hong Kong were feeling their best, right? Because they're eating well and just taking care of themselves. Um, what were some of the initial changes you felt right away? Was it related to gut health at the time? Or even did you, were you even thinking that it had anything to do with gut health? Or were, was it more about your energy and just like your skin and just your overall feeling of just, you know, how you feel on a daily basis? Yes, gut health still wasn't really a blip on my radar, to be honest. Um, yeah, I wasn't really taking any supplements. I still didn't really know what probiotics were. I just thought it was something in yogurt. And uh, it, the main benefits that I saw were my skin, my energy. I felt when I first uh, 
it's kind of like eliminating all of the processed sugar, um, the gluten, fast food, obviously, all of that stuff. I started noticing like my mood was better. I didn't have like these crazy like ups and downs and crashes. I didn't have these like cravings, all these things that were happening in my early 20s. Um, but yeah, the, the gut health stuff that came later, that only came when my gut was in a really poor condition, like maybe three or four years later. And that was due to a parasite that that was kind of like the main thing that was causing those issues that led me to look into what the gut is, how it works, why am I feeling like this? And that that's kind of where that started, but that was years later. Okay. So gut health, I think is such a, I'd say like not too common, but it's getting there, right? I think it's been definitely growing, especially in Los Angeles and California, where we both live in terms of just how more known it's getting, how people are being more mindful about what they eat, what they drink and all of that, because they're realizing like some of their bloating issues or some of their stomach issues really has to do with their gut health. Can you dive into just the basics of you know, when you, when three to four later is when you realized how it was impacting your gut health and also as well, what are some misconceptions that people say, or you've heard people say about gut health, you know, whether, for example, I even have a ex-boyfriend when I started talking about gut health, he used to say like, oh no, that's just like bullshit. It's just all these like, you know, basically he's saying all the people that think about gluten-free and, and vegan, all that, it's kind of like, you don't really need to, like you can actually stick to mainstream, but you have to be more just mindful about like keeping proportions and stuff. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Cause again, I'm sure you've seen or heard more of some of these discussions. Yeah. I mean, so jumping to the beginning part, um, my gut issues were they started when I moved to America. So I've spoken to a few um, specialists about this and my most recent conversation was about simply the fact that I have moved from, you know, a, a country where I'm used to the practices or the, the growing practices, the way food is um, made to a completely different kind of culture, agriculture. So my ability to digest, you know, these different kinds of proteins or, the, you know, these different pesticides that are used here, stuff like this, my gut was just like, what's going on? Additionally, there's, there was a parasite that was contracted. So, you know, gut, obviously my gut issues are going to be different to somebody else's and, and the causes of that, but looking into you know simply the food that we're consuming and where it's coming from is a great place to start when it comes to misconceptions there are a few I mean I don't think I've really come across any like ones like that but there are a few things that <laughs> that gripe me when it comes to like gut health you know one being very very much the the low carb um fat as you will that also comes with the uh, all the sugar alcohols, right? So if we're looking at labels rather than ingredients, right? Like this whole diet culture that we have about perhaps losing weight or what have you, there's a very big focus on 
calories, uh, low carb, or paleo, also vegan, right? Like we can be vegan, but then we're consuming things because they say vegan on them, but we're not looking at, okay, does this contain inflammatory oils? Does this contain corn syrup or on the flip side, if it is low carb, does this contain sugar alcohols? All of these things cause gut issues. So for example, like, do you, do you know if, um, like, I guess more conventional doctors do, do you ever come across them being willing to talk about gut health? And for example, again, even my personal experience where even in my current day-to-day life, where I feel that there is kind of something going on with my gut health, considering I feel like I work out every day. I, you know, get a lot of water, just like the right types of food in my lifestyle. But I do notice even on a day where maybe I didn't eat for a couple of hours and I have no reason to be bloating excessively, I'm like bloating a lot. And it feels, and you can just have that intuition where it's like, I feel like there's something wrong with my gut or something where it's spiking this. Um, How, like, where would, like, how would you go about it to kind of resolve it or try to figure out the best approach to that? Because I think, again, there's a lot online there's a lot we can learn from and even times where people would go to their conventional doctor but they might just try to prescribe them a medication or try to say get more I don't know sleep whatever and all these different things which are again very helpful but sometimes actually isn't addressed do you have yeah I mean speaking from experience I at the beginning of my gut issues I went to my physician And I told her all all of my symptoms and at a point where I felt like I was just falling apart, you know, she, I listed out all my symptoms and I felt kind of self-conscious about that because there were so many, right. And they can all be linked back to gut, the gut. And she just turns to me and says, um, well, are you sure you're not depressed? And I said, well, no, I don't think so. I mean, I could be based off of all what's going on. Right that could be a result of my symptoms, but she didn't really think about it in a holistic sense and think, okay, maybe there is something going on in your gut. Maybe we should get you tested here. And just that lack of faith in, in me and that lack of faith from her and me in the fact that I should know my body best. I was very disheartened and kind of put off um, pursuing any kind of testing with her because I just felt like she didn't get it. So after that, you know, it kind of sparked the interest in me to do my own research. And like I said, Google's our friends. Um, there are a lot of, there's a lot of information on there, uh, a lot of credible sources. You just got to really dig for it, right? So I found some really great um, people that are very knowledgeable in their own industry, right? Dr. X is one of them. He had some really great information on the gut. Um, he has really great um, protocols that you can go on if you have candida overgrowth, uh, leaky gut. You know, I learned all these different things and how they could be um, showing up in symptoms. So you like the bloating, for example, right? Like bloating can be so many different things. It could be a mental thing. It could be a gut dysbiosis. You could be reacting to a certain food. It could be stress. It could be that time of month. It could be your hormones. Like there's so many different factors. So you've almost got to 
got to like be your own advocate here and do your own research and just kind of like go through the list. <laughs> it takes time. Yeah, it does. When you were working towards solving your own gut issue, how long did it take to like really figure it out? Because like you said, there are different options. There's so many different reasons why things are causing it. What was your first step? Because I know you mentioned taking probiotics as well, or at least something along the lines of probiotics being something you're knowledgeable in. Is there any um, kind of like insight on your process and what you really learned from just trial and error? Because it's really not conventional just being able to say, Hey, yeah, take, just take probiotics and you'll be fine. I mean, that's not, obviously not going to work for everyone, but what really worked for you? Yeah. So I found a, a at home test called biome and that was a really great stepping stone for me because at the time they've changed their test quite a bit over the years. So this was, gosh, I want to say it was four years ago. It was either three or four years ago. Um, they were still pretty new and they still had the option to see every single um, bacteria in your gut. And they listed out by the category of what that bacteria is. So whether it was a probiotic or what is a eukaryote, which can be a parasite. And that's where I found out I had one. But in addition, what they do offer is a snapshot of your gut health, whether there's inflammation in your gut, whether you can uh, digest protein properly, whether you're eating foods that are causing inflammation. And there are so many factors that could come into that. So for example, you could have, you could have eaten a cucumber that has a particular plant virus on that cucumber, just from the way it was grown. And that particular virus is in your gut. However, that particular virus is transient. So it doesn't last more than maybe a few months. But at the time, if you eat cucumber, that virus is going to attack the cucumber and cause inflammation and bloating. So what Viome does is they take a snapshot of your gut bacteria and they tell you, you need to avoid cucumber for a certain amount of certain period of time and to eliminate that uh, possibility for inflammation. In addition to, you know, your particular gut bacteria can't properly digest avocados whatever it is right all these foods are healthy but your particular gut bacteria can't handle it so that for me was a huge help to kind of like it was a little bit of like a roadmap for me I just followed these instructions helped to eliminate a lot of the um, inflammation that was going on in my gut I did I did a lot of uh, cleanses to help to eliminate the um, dysbiosis that was going on that was created from the parasite. But that was the root cause for me, the parasite. And then I think also it was probably uh, the restriction that was happening in my earlier years. Um, my, my gut flora was unbalanced because I just wasn't eating the right foods. That was, that was my issue. So that parasite that you've been referring to, was that something like kind of like your cucumber example? Is it like, was it on something that, or was it in a type of food that you had eaten and just didn't know about and kind of the same thing where you just continued to eat that specific type of food and it became inflamed or how did that work? So the thing with parasites is you can contract them from a a lot of different ways. And 
the misconception about them is that you get them in a third world country. And, and that's not always the case. Uh, they're very common in America. And you can get them through unwashed fruits and vegetables, contaminated water. You can get them through um, the soil. If you go outside, step in the soil on bare feet, they can come up through your feet. Like it's just, there are so many different ways. Um, so how I contracted, I have no idea. But what happens is if it's in your system, it can kind of multiply, it can kind of uh, move into different organs and affect, it can affect your brain, it can affect, you know, your liver, all kinds of things if kept unchecked. So, it, it, and it can cause a lot of different kinds of symptoms, right? It can cause issues in your joints, it can cause obviously the gut issues, it can cause mood issues, all kinds of things. Right. So were you, did you feel that in your gut then in terms, like, did you feel just like inflammation there or what was it like a sign for you that there was something really serious going on? Cause again, I feel like even for me speaking on personal experience, but just many girls I converse with about this wellness topic, like so many of them honestly have similar types of like, yeah, like this is going on, but I don't really know what to do. Or I don't really like know who else actually cares about talking about this because they always just assume, oh, you must be bloated because you ate a lot of pasta or whatever. And sometimes that is the case, right? But like some, like when it's ongoing for months, you can't help but wonder, is there something that is triggering this? Because you'll like think back to times where you felt normal and you're like, something's, something's different, something's wrong, right? And again, because this, is, this isn't as conventional to talk about, people don't really... No, I think that people learn just from other people's experience. So for you, that parasite, was it something that you kind of felt and it was and that part of why you decided to do that at-home test and to kind of get that roadmap for yourself? Mm-hmm. It was a gut feeling. It was it was a feeling that like something something's not right here. Um, I don't feel like myself. I feel like a shell of myself. You know, I wasn't, if I, you know, every single symptom that I could think of, I had. And I felt like, I felt like almost crazy for complaining or because I didn't feel like anybody knew or understood what I was going through, you know, I didn't, I didn't like to open up about this stuff on my peanut head page at the time. I mean, I, I think I do now, but at the time I felt, I felt embarrassed because I'm supposed to be a wellness blogger and, you know, at the time, I was also doing a lot of plant-based recipes because I was plant-based. And so that was that kind of moment where I decided after I found out I had a parasite and I was doing the research on how to like build up your gut bacteria, how to, um, how to heal the gut lining. That was that decision I made to not be um, vegan anymore and start to incorporate things like bone broth and collagen um, into my diet. So speaking of incorporating better things into your diet, um, do you incorporate probiotic supplements into your own regimen? And if you do, what are your, I guess, general thoughts on probiotics and, you know, supplements versus, I guess, getting it naturally from sauerkraut, for example, right? Um, Or even yogurt, I guess. Um, why is that something that, again, people aren't as aware of how those can help their gut health? Well, I think it just comes down to awareness and perhaps the media. Uh, but in regards to probiotics, uh, 
there are different strains of probiotics, right? So you're going to get a completely different strain of probiotic from eating sauerkraut as you would to taking a probiotic supplement. And it's kind of a tricky thing because not all probiotics are going to be work the same for different kinds of people because we have different things present in our gut. So I like to change up my probiotics, you know, every one, one to two years, just so I get a good variety of um, like probiotic species. So at the beginning uh, I found silver fern brand, which I've, I still love. I still use a lot of their products. Um, they do probiotics. I was taking digestive enzymes to help give my gut a break from digesting the food because it was just, I felt like it was just kind of like overtaxed. So digestive enzymes help to break down a lot of the food that we're eating that can sometimes cause bloating. Um, but they also, what I loved about them and what I learned from them is that their probiotics have a 100% survivability rate. So a lot of probiotics are either A, already dead when they're on the shelf, or B, they die when they uh, come in contact with our stomach acid. So when, yeah, when finding a probiotic, you, you got to look out for these things. You got to get a good quality brand that, that tells you, you know, we have a 100% um, survivability rate. Mm. What was the brand that you mentioned again? I definitely want to look into that for myself. <laughs> yeah, it's called Silver Fern brand. Silver Fern. Is it sold at Whole Foods or anything like that? Do you know? They or sell, is they it sell online. You sell them, okay, yeah, online. Just buy them online. Yeah. They okay. do a really great gotcha. protein powder as well that has probiotics and digestive enzymes in there as well. Interesting. Okay. Um, one last question on like the wellness stuff before we dive into Nowhere Breakery. Um, but gluten-free, is that something that you partake on in terms of your own into your own diet? And if so, do you recommend it? Thoughts on it? Again, I know it varies for each person, but what have you seen if you are gluten-free um, as a difference into your own lifestyle? Yeah, I would say I'm about 90% gluten-free. I don't try to be too restrictive because there are always going to be times when I'm out and I want to, you know, bite on my husband's pizza that he ordered. But, <laughs> but when it comes to gut health, I was gluten-free during my gut healing journey when I was trying to really uh, heal and steal my gut lining because the protein in wheat gluten can tear apart the small junctions of your um, your intestinal wall and that's how you get leaky gut so if you're really trying to work on uh, building up you know a strong gut eliminating eliminating gluten is a very good way to do that mm. Interesting. I didn't know that about the proteins in the gluten, as you mentioned, that it can tear apart. What is it that you said? Like it can tear apart that certain part in your stomach lining that, that makes yeah, it Yeah, in your intestinals. Gut? Yeah. So your intestinal lining is like these really small, tight junctions and the proteins in gluten and other things, you know, like um, over-the-counter meds, uh, sugar can do that. Soy can mimic the protein of gluten, uh, but all of these things ca can create uh, small tears in the, the gut lining. Mm. 
I see. I see. Okay. Um, well, let's dive into a little bit now about Nowhere Bakery. I obviously learned about you through that. I think um, I think through Sammy Clark, honestly, I interviewed her last year on this podcast. And so, of course, I keep up with her on Instagram. And I think months ago, I saw, um, I think just probably like one of those sample boxes. And me obviously being very interested in gut health and just trying to find better alternatives for my sweet tooth. I was like, Hey, let me, let me try this out. I love chocolate. I love cookies. So I've been obsessed, I think probably since November or some somewhere around then. Um, but share your story. How did you start this? Uh, I think if I correct me, if I'm wrong, did you start it during the pandemic or at least like grew it during the pandemic? Um, yeah, share your story. I'm, I'm so stoked for this. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's interesting because I feel like my years of recipe creations have led me to this point. Um, it wasn't something that I set out to create as it has kind of like become its own thing now. But at the beginning, I had just, I, I was actually a year ago working on a collagen product and that was out in the market and you know, it was doing, it was doing okay, but we had, um, we had these VC investors that needed it to be a certain point and it just didn't, wasn't hitting that. So they pulled out and it all kind of like fell apart. After that, I was like, what do I do with my life? <laughs> I need to have another project. Like I, I have always wanted my own product. And so I was a little bit lost at the start of the year. I went back home to Australia for a little bit and visited my friends came back and was like, all right, I'm going to get into this baking biz. I had a an offer from a friend of ours who has a food delivery company uh, who runs out of um, Costa Mesa. He does paleo food delivery. He said to me, if probably a year prior, it been that long. He said, look, if you ever want to do the desserts for my company, I'd love to have you. You know, we don't really do desserts. We prefer to do... Um, the meals and then outsourced desserts so I was like okay and then I kind of like had that in the back of my head for a year reached out to him once I got back from Australia which was you know start of Feb and uh, I said look I'd love to take up on the offer if it's still available you know I'd love to you know supply some paleo treats for your clients so he said great come back to me with 10 options you know paleo vegan gluten-free whatever you like and we'll go from there. So I literally spent like two weeks just like trying to figure out recipes, pulling from what I already knew, what I had already made and presented them with, if, you know, I think it was about eight options, different cookies, different products. And then I wanted them to all be, you know, gluten-free, paleo, vegan, no refined sugar so that everybody could enjoy them. Because I know his client, his clients were mostly paleo, but also like, just very specific and in the ingredients they wanted and a lot of them were athletes and stuff like that. So he tried the cookies and he says to me, you need to do this on your own. These are too good for me to just, you know, have you do them for me. You need to do this on your own. And I was like, oh, well, I don't really know how. <laughs> like I, at that point, like I didn't know what, what I was really doing. I just wanted a good little stepping stone. I need a little help to kind of get going didn't have like a kitchen space you know it was just it was my in my home 
So he did, he chose five products. He said, make an Instagram. And I was like, really? Like, I was just going to do it through my own, you know, personal one. He goes, no, make an Instagram page. So I'm like, okay. Went home, thought of the name, like, right away. It was a no-brainer. It was just kind of like one of those, that's it. Noe Bakery, done. Um, the logo was something I'd already been thinking of. So that was easy. It was all kind of just, like, very easy and very quick put together. And... I was doing the cookies for him um, once a week. It was every Tuesday morning. I would come into his kitchen while his guys were working on the food. I'd be in like my little corner by myself, just like making my cookies. And it was going well, you know, like each week the orders would go up. I'd just do a little label on my pages on my computer and print it out on my printer, put them in a little like, it was like a Tupperware container. Looking back, it was all, it's rather embarrassing to, to look at. But yeah, I and mean, after that, people on Instagram were saying, where can I get these? And that was kind of, I was like, oh, maybe I'll start to offer like, you know, local delivery. So I was kind of driving around town, delivering to people, um, sent them to a few of my blogger friends, you know, being a food blogger myself, I already had those kind of relationships which helped me a lot, I have to say, a lot. Um, but, yeah, from there, it's kind of it kind of grew into its own thing. And before we knew it, I was outgrowing the space by, you know, sharing it with someone else. I said I need my own days because these guys are cooking. This was, the you know, was getting pretty hot in L.A. and these guys are cooking over heat. There's a lot of fire going on and I'm trying to make my dainty little, like, chocolate-covered cookies. It's a lot of logistical issues there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he he offered to give me the kitchen. Um, initially, he offered it for free because he wanted to help us out, you know, because he knew upfront costs were, you know, a big issue with, with startups. So, yeah, I came in on Sundays on my own. So for the longest time, it was just me. And then I got to a point where my husband saw how much – I was struggling with time and getting everything done. And so he offered to come on board. And so he, his background, he's got a great background in sales. He's, he could sell, you know, ice to an Eskimo. He's like, honestly, so good. So that's my downfall. I like the baking side. You know, he's good at the sales side. So he started coming in. He started helping me pack. We went from one day to two days and then we offered nationwide shipping and then that kind of like expanded everything for us. And then after that was when the wholesale came into play. Um, he started opening the wholesale accounts for us. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like everything fell into place as it should, when it should. Um, and obviously the pandemic, as horrible as it, as it is, it was somewhat of a blessing for us because I think that helped to catapult the business. Um, just knowing that, you know, people could get things delivered and we could provide the, that kind of um, comfort for them. Yeah. Wow. I'm so obsessed with your story. I think it's so awesome that it just really started small and of course continued to expand and grow. I, I can tell now too that I think even from the first time when I ordered, I think you had availability to like pick up in LA. I don't know if that was like your actual home or whatever, but I remember I think I came 
I know it was like an apartment and such. And I would get the notification like, all right, it's available for pickup. I'm like, hell yeah, like I can go pick up now. Um, but I'm pretty sure I think on this last order, I, I had an actual like delivery guy like come to like drop it off, right? So it seems like logistics have expanded. You guys are probably doing a lot. Um, but at what point did you see the business start to pivot where you were getting a lot of orders um, and then you started probably adding more people into the kitchen and obviously as well, your husband being on board. At what point did you start to see this traction and you're like, okay, we really have to start planning for this bigger vision? I think when we started doing the wholesale accounts because people mm. would come across us through, mm -hmm. you know, these other cafes and then order through us. Um, but honestly, I feel like it's just been like this. Each month has been, mm. you know, the same growth, you know, month gotcha. after month. So there was never really like this like wow moment. It was like these small okay. wins mm -hmm. each time. And that's what I'm, quite thankful for right because we're not right. stretching ourselves beyond our capacity there's mm -hmm. not too much stress involved with you know being not being able to fill orders mm -hmm. we just we're, we're given the amount that we're able to only just you know get through and mm -hmm. then we kind of we can level up so mm -hmm. yeah back to your back to what you said about the pickup it is it was my residence and uh, <laughs> I just wanted to offer yeah I mean I wanted to offer that option for people and it did it went from me delivering in person all mm -hmm. over LA to us having a, a delivery person because I just I physically couldn't do both um, and now we're hoping you know to get to that next level of doing more of a um, distributor option with getting into right. things like Whole Foods or mm. larger stores. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Your story kind of reminds me of Health Aid Kombucha. I'm sure you've heard of them. But when I listen to their story on this podcast called How I Built This with Guy Raz, they really had a similar story as far as I remember in terms of, I think they were like, they started out at a farmer's market and they also did everything in-house and kind of drove around town to deliver all over LA as well. So when you're sharing that, it makes me laugh because I'm like, oh, I can see this uh, heading that way. And it's really funny too, when you talk about distribution and getting into larger stores. When I first came across you guys, I was like, is there a store that I can go get this at? Like I was looking, cause I live near Venice, Marina Del Rey area. And I was like, is there anything around here that I can like pick up a cookie, like as I'm getting coffee? So I think it's super cool that you guys have been expanding. Um, but I'm curious too, how did you transition into the nationwide shipping? What's been the biggest challenge with that? Cause obviously I'm sure you've had to, like you're, you're a lover of baking and just doing what you're passionate about. How did you figure out, okay, this is what we, this is the temperature it needs to be so it goes well into this shipping box and whatnot how did you figure that part out a lot of trial and error to say <laughs> uh, I mean considering the lack of experience you know that I had with all of the stuff I think we did pretty well with the amount of stuff that went out especially during the, the summer um with the product being so fragile um or heat heat sensitive I should say we you know I mean I, I did some tests to friends and family to see like how they received certain items but we started with USPS um we used the free boxes that they had it was you know, priority mail and things were good but because it was the pandemic 
uh, a lot of delays were happening, a lot of like missed packages or lost packages or, you know, this, this logistical thing, like that needs like another person that we just don't have yet. But it was a lot of time spent, you know, back and forth with customers asking where their packages or things like this. So we decided to change uh, providers to FedEx. And that's been a, it's been, it's worked out great to be honest, because our boxes, even though I didn't even, this wasn't planned, our boxes fit exactly into the FedEx Express boxes that they have. So we have a one pack that goes into the medium with an ice pack. It fits perfect. Two day shipping, good rate, done. And very reliable too, right? Like FedEx is very reliable. And then I don't, Honestly, I don't know. I just feel like it just worked out. You know, I, I tried different ice packs, different um, different sizes, did all the costing for that. And we ha- overall, we haven't had too many complaints. I'd say maybe like one or two issues with, um, you know, 100-degree days where packages are just left outside. Um, but all in all, you know, we've, I think we have pretty high customers. Oh, that's amazing. Um, To backtrack a little bit too, just because I'm sure a lot of people, and as you know, when people see others starting a business, launching something, they see the success and all that, right? But you mentioned earlier as well that this journey really came about because of your years of trial and error with making your own desserts and like having all the recipes on your blog. If you had to guess or estimate, how many years did it really take you to get to this point where you have all these recipes, all of it nailed down to a T, and then actually being able to make it into a business? So I guess essentially from the time you started your wellness journey, or maybe just the time you started really trying out your own recipes, um, kind of give an insight into what really went into it prior to all this beautiful journey of your business. <laughs> I think what's also important to mention is that, you know, what you see on say Instagram, for example, is only just a little tiny percentage of what's going on. So we work, I mean, 24 seven, there's no days off, you know, like Christmas, we had like maybe half a day, New Year's we were working, like it's just constant. So it's not a walk in the park and it's not all just like sitting back and enjoying success. But um, going back to the question, I think that, I mean, I started the recipe development stuff when I was 24, I'm 30, nearly 32. But there was also along the way, I, a lot of failed attempts at businesses. You know, I started out with, I tried to import jewelry and then, once I got into the, the wellness world, I was doing superfood powders that was in Australia. And, you know, it was all just off my own bed. I would just be pouring them in my living room and making the labels myself and stuff like that. But all of these little things I learned, like, oh, I can use this company for this or I know how to build my own website or, you know, all these little things that I kind of picked up along the way helped me with like a little toolkit to help me like create what I needed to um, with nowhere and learning everything yourself really helps to eliminate the, the cost involved with starting up. Um, so I, we literally did everything ourselves, you know, from the design to website and 
you know, everything else that comes with it. Right. And I'm glad that you mentioned that you did have failed businesses or what would I would rather phrase as learning experiences from trial and error on other things. Because again, most people forget that's that's actually part of what it takes to get to the point of, you know, what, whatever it is, whether it's getting to a career position you really want or starting out something really successful, there is many learning experiences and quote failed attempts along the way, right? That many people don't know about. So that's kind of why I asked that just so people can really see like, hey, it's definitely not overnight by a long shot. And um, I, I'm a business owner myself. So I understand the the 24 seven lifestyle, of it's your life and shipping and all that. So um, I want to dive into just a couple more questions and probably just more so like rapid fire, like personal life questions. But I wanted to see, do you have a morning routine or any daily habits that you implement into your own life to just ensure that you can perform at your best each day or just have a really good mindset to start off your day? You know, <laughs> you know, me a year ago did these days, <laughs> honestly, it is like, I'm showering at one o'clock. I I get up. One routine I have is coffee. That that's my. I have to have mm-hmm. that in the morning. We have a really good um coffee machine, so I really enjoy that. But honestly, this even these last six months have just been so up and down. I used to have a a job managing the apartment building that we were living in, so. I would on I would get up each morning and there'd be like a fire to put out every morning. So there was no morning routine mm. for me at that point. Before all of that, yeah, I loved going on a walk. That really like got me in a great headspace. All these things I know I need to get back into with, with the new year and the new <laughs> house. We just moved house. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, I don't I don't know what to tell you there. Water, <laughs> coffee. We're just selling celery juice again um, tomorrow. Ooh. Sell your juice. Okay, awesome. What about current plans and goals for the new year? Anything that you're just looking forward to working on? Something that's just giving you a lot to focus on? Yeah, we're really working on um, at the moment a new new product. Um, I would love to start doing cakes because uh, I think birthdays are a big opportunity. Uh, whether it's cookie cakes or actual like three tier cakes. Um, and then also getting into new um, new stores with new products. So we're right now working on designing a dry cookie mix so people can make kind of like a simple meal site where people can make the cookies at home. Um, and that could be more of like a longer shelf life product for us. Right, right. Wow, so exciting. And I'm sure a lot of people will flood to your website after this for those who haven't heard and definitely try out your products. But one last question I ask every guest on this show, and that is what fulfills you in life? You know, I think creating something that people enjoy. Knowing that because that I've never felt more fulfilled now than I have ever have in my life because I know that what I'm doing in its own way is just helping bring a little joy to everyone's life. Our uh, One of our couriers said to us the other day, I always feel like Santa Claus when I come to people's houses because the the look on their face when I bring them the pink box is just priceless. And that like, that made me really happy to hear. 
So like things like this, you know, when I hear feedback from people saying, you know, I haven't been able to eat or enjoy a good treat because of my dietary restrictions. Um, and, and then I found you guys and, you know, I, I love what you're doing. These kinds of things really fulfill me. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Well, thank you so much again for sharing your story on here. Let everyone know where can they find you, share your Instagram, the website, and essentially just, you know, all of that. Yeah. So website is nowherebakery.com. Instagram is nowherebakery. And my personal is peanut.head. <laughs> awesome. And I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes so everyone can access it. Thank you so much. And that was today's conversation with Safira, founder and the creative mind behind Nowhere Bakery. You guys, you have to give the cookies and the treats a try, especially if you are a sweet tooth like us and you want a healthy alternative. So go check it out. Their Instagram is at Nowhere Bakery and their website is NowhereBakery.com. You can find way more info on there, but before you leave, if you have been loving and enjoying this podcast, I'd absolutely appreciate it so, so much if you could take 30 seconds and rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. As I always say, I appreciate it so much and I recognize it every time you guys do. So thank you again for listening and I will chat with you all next time. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.